and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by AJF Plus, and with myself, Steve Nussbaum. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Dan Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, it's Mr Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello everybody, and welcome back. This is episode number 278, and as always, a very big thank you to everybody who's tuned in to our last few shows. It's been a bit of a tough, tough time for all of us, so... Very delighted that episode number 278 breaks the back of the negativity (laughs) and we are able to talk about two games in which we got positive results from, including, and not to be underestimated, our first win of 2022. It's only taken, what, 15, 18 games, something like that, but we're here and we've got a podcast to talk about with some positivity. So let's crack on. And as always, we start with a word from our podcast sponsor. Yeah, we certainly do. So our podcast sponsor, HF Plastering, who are an Essex-based plastering and rendering company who cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work, specialising in silicone colour render systems. And the best part is they have a 15% off for all Leighton Orient fans and staff. So if you want more information about HF Plastering, there are various ways to get it. First of all, you can go on their website, which is www.hfplastering.co.uk. You can email the team at hfplastering.outlook.com or they're on social media. You can find them on Facebook and on Instagram under HF Plastering or you can find head honcho Adam Francis on Twitter under Big Ads with a Z, L-O-F-C. Adam, it was lovely to see you at Forest Green Rovers on Tuesday looking as lovely as ever, and we got to see a decent point, which we'll obviously come on to. But a great company. We're very happy to be sponsored by AJF Plastering. And if you want it, make sure you go and get your 15% off discount. Nicely done. So the Supporters Club updates. We've got uh, a trip to Harrogate this coming Tuesday, the 22nd of March. Uh, 7 o'clock kickoff. Uh, coaches are going to be leaving at midday and they're actually free for this one the club are laying on free coaches for supporters it was announced last week so just remind you if you haven't got on and you want to get on I'll read the number out to you in just a moment but on Tuesday the 29th of March we're travelling up to Oldham for a 7.45 kickoff. Coaches are going to be leaving at 12.30 and the cost of that one is 39 quid for adults, £36 concessions. Children are £20 and remember those prices don't include your match day ticket. And to book uh, for either of those trips you need to now call the um, travel line which is 07507 539579. Nicely done. AOB this week we have a bit for you. First of all a bit of Sad news from the week, as we say, rest in peace to former O's club secretary, Peter Barnes, who sadly passed away in the past week. So wishing all uh, of Peter's family and friends our condolences from Orient Outlook podcast towers. Absolutely. We'd like to give a mention at this point and a reminder that our charity partner for the rest of this season is the One Hour Project. They help students from lower social, economic and diverse backgrounds connect with people in industries, trying to help them build a network to improve their employability. You can check out their website. It's www.onehourproject.org and that's the number one. And if you can help, please do get in touch with them. Orient Fan uh, at Orient Matty is involved and you can DM him. That's his Twitter handle. And just want to say thanks very much to Matt uh, and the team for everything that they're doing to help the uh, youth of today be the future of tomorrow. 
nicely done, Mr. Levy. Very smooth. And last piece of AOB, our friends at Lofts have been in touch with us and asked us to remind everyone about the Tracy Crouch report, saying we're at a crucial moment in the setting up of an independent regulator for English football, which was the key recommendation arising from the fan-led review into football governance. We need as many MPs as possible across the political spectrum to keep pushing the government to include it in the next Queen's speech. That The legislation to establish the IREF, which is the regulator for English football, isn't delayed by lobbying from Premier League vested interests. So, if you haven't already done so, please write to your local MP to ask them to keep pushing for this to happen. There is a template on the club's website, along with other information about the review. You can find that at www.leightonorient.com forward slash fan led review. And I ended the message by saying, together with other fan groups and the Football Supporters Association, Loft has been calling for change ever since Leighton Orient was nearly destroyed by its previous owner. And we appreciate the help of all those fans in helping making this change happen. So thank you to Loft for sending that over. We're always happy to get involved with the Tracy Crouch report. Very yeah. good report. Obviously, we've had fair game on. Uh, the podcast um, so yeah if you've got time please write to your local MP as advised by Loft obviously Loft are on Twitter if you need to get in contact with them or if you have any questions you can drop us a DM and we can pass that on for you yeah absolutely it's a reminder nice reminder for me actually I need to do that for my MP as well so the week that was then happy Monday was the 14th of March a quiet day at the club no news to report. Yeah, so let's go on to Who Ate Tuesday, the 15th of March. And we had a match. We went to Forest Green Rovers, who were top of League 2. The team was announced at 6.45. With Lance Vigoru in goal, Adam Thompson, George Ray, Omar Beckles and Connor Wood at the back. With Ethan Coleman and Hector Kiprianu making up the midfield. With Otis Khan, Aaron Dryan and Royal Satiriu and Harry Smith up top. On the bench, we had Sam Sargent, Shadogi, Matt Young, Jordan Brown, Theo Archibald, Paul Smythe. I call him Smythe because obviously Smith is playing this one as well. And Frank Nublay. That meant there were two changes for the O's from the weekend's game against Hartlepool's Paul Smythe and Theo Archibald dropped to the bench. In came Otis Khan and Aaron Drynan as Darren Prattley was still absent with COVID. Not sure for me about dropping Archibald and Smythe. I would have also preferred to have seen Shad Ogie at left centre-back, I'm not seeing from George Ray enough, and I feel that Shad had put in some decent performances, not without a mistake, granted, but as a young player, yeah. I still see him more solid than, than George Ray, and good to see Carnes fit, and hope if you know if Drynan is presented with chances, that he can take them, because he needs a goal, he's been had plenty of chances, just not put them away. Yeah, I think for me, it was interesting actually, decent that is a decent team to be fair and it's interesting rotation I think Richie has come in and said you know he's going to have to kind of rotate Smith or Smythe because he's had such little football so he's made a point of saying that and I, I kind of understand what, what he's doing although dropping your most creative player could lead to questions had we lost the game but managing him back to full fitness I can't complain with like you I think Shad's worth a start and we mentioned it last week in terms of Shad being overlooked a little bit so George Ray was in the team mm. um, but looking at the bench there's a few impact subs on that bench obviously Theo Paul Smythe you two playmakers strong bench so wasn't too um, mm. disconcerned by that obviously Forest Green Rovers haven't been in the best of form so I was fairly confident when I saw that team that we might be able to nick Nick at least a point out of that one. And you went, and what, so what was the feeling like in the ground from like the Orient? It was alright actually, um, weird ground, got to go up a hill to get there, um, and it's like in, at the end of a normal street, it's literally like going down your road, and then getting to where um, the end of the road is, and then finding a wooden football ground outside it. Um, 
But yeah, odd ground. The light, the lighting boards, the advertising oh, boards really? around the ground. Right. Well, they're high, they're much higher than our boards as well. So they're, they're like double the height of our boards. And when obviously there's a white background on it or a bright colour, you can't really see what a white ball is doing on a football pitch, which probably they need to overthink. But I thought it was all right there. It's a typical non-league, League 2 slash ground. Nothing special. Mm. Um, but it was all right. I think the feeling amongst the supporters was one of quiet confidence. Like, wouldn't it be the right thing to do with not winning, I think, in 16 games at that point and going over to the top of the table team? Mm. So I think everyone was fairly confident. There's a good voice in the crowd. Sports coach was good. It was quite lively. Got there in plenty of time. So yeah, I was happy to... Uh, go on my uh, on my day off very nice indeed we had quite a few tweets about the team uh, Wallerad kicks off this week he says team looks worryingly defensive but not sure our players will be good enough yeah good point East 1975 says Ray Hector how do they keep getting picked Hector's like after yesterday as well he's coming for a lot of criticism recently I know he's like no one's exactly outperforming anyone else here but Hector in particular seems to be being picked up and bear in mind I think people forget that he is still a young man known in his trade and he's not got an experienced head that's helping to guide him either. So, um, but like, no, he, all right, he's, he, you know, he is fair game because he's being selected on based on his ability and his, his skill set. So I, I'm completely on board with that, but seems to be singled out for me. Uh, E10 Newman said, really scratching my head on why Ogie, Archibald and Smythe are on the bench. Yeah, so Forest Green Rovers got the game underway and we'll skip forward to the 10th minute. And they took the lead as Jamel Mack did well to get to the byline as he picked up a weak George Ray header. His pass across goal found Matty Stevens unmarked. He made no mistake. Bit of a tap-in. Terrible start. 1-0 to the home team. Poor defending. Like, really dirt poor defending. How can we switch off so badly? Wood was ball-watching and, and has left Stevens alone. That's not to say that Ray shouldn't have been there either mm. or, or Beckles. But just as a collective defensive unit... That is so poor. It's so terribly poor. And if you can't switch on with 10 minutes on, on the clock, what, what, what hope do you have for the rest of the, the match? Yeah, poor goal to concede. I think it all comes from Ray's initial header. Mm. Uh, and then Forrest Green do well to capitalise on the situation. But yeah, not the uh, ideal start. Defensively, mm. a very poor goal to concede so early in the match, I think it's fair to say. Matty Stevens, I think one of Lee Two's top scorers, was never going to miss an oh, open goal from six yards out. I wouldn't miss that and I've got two left feet so there you go <laughs> two minutes later and Kane lashed over from distance yeah they, they were, after they go their fans got a bit louder and you could kind of feel a bit of a weight lifted off their, a bit of weight lifted off their shoulders off the back of that one 26 minutes and the O's had to make an enforced sub Shadogi came on to replace George Ray hobbled off the pitch Ogie's first job was to take a throw-in deep into the Forest Green Rovers half but it came to nothing after the ball pinged about the Forest Green box and it was cleared out for another throw. Ogie again took it, and it seemed to cause a problem for Forrest Green. They didn't seem to like that long throw of his, uh, but Ebu Adams managed to clear that. You could tell when we were getting at their defence, they weren't. their defence wasn't comfortable. It was right. just getting the ball around their defence that was the hard part, trying to build it up. They, so, they've also got some fragility in their side as well, because they're also not winning comprehensively, yeah. so or winning at all in some cases. Yeah, and you could sense that a bit when, yeah. when we came at them. So, fast forward into the 40th minute, Cadden... Tested Vigaroo from distance, but Viggs had it covered. Cad had done quite well there, but we gave him, again, far yeah. too much space to get his shot away. And luckily, yeah. it was a bit of a weak effort that Viggs had no problem to save. And a minute later, Forrest Green went close after Ebu Adams managed to keep the ball in play. Eventually found Matty Stevens, who tried his luck from range. Yeah, four minutes of additional time I played in this one. No talking points as the ref mm-hmm. brought the first half to a close with the O's 1-0 down. 
Yeah, we don't seem to have the same intensity as we did last Saturday against uh, Hartlepool. We look out of shape and not really at it. It's a terrible goal to concede. And obviously probably a bit of confidence, whatever little confidence that Richard managed to instill and probably drained away a little bit. So I think he'd probably be quite pleased to get in at half-time only 1-0 down. Yeah. But then Forest Green didn't set the picture like either. They weren't, like we've barely spoken about like two or three chances of theirs, one goal. Yeah, you can tell why they're high up in the league. They've got two strikers who press hard from the front and they've got two wide players where they look to get the ball to. And as soon as they got the ball wide, the two players in the middle were just in the box looking for it. Which is exactly what where they should be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So for me, yeah, we hadn't created much, but I did feel that when we were getting forward that Forest Green did not look comfortable. So it was more of a chance of, right, let's try and get a playmaker on either Theo or Paul Smythe and go at them because if we can get at them, we've got enough to scare them. Although at this point... Harry Smith wasn't really looking great. Like he couldn't get into the game. wasn't winning his flick-ons or any headers or holding the ball up. So it seems to be not sticking to Harry up front. And obviously, you've mentioned Hector. I didn't think Hector had a particularly great game. That obviously we'll come on to in Coleman, who when they had the ball in the middle were just getting no luck, mm. just getting out pressed from it. So it wasn't all doom and gloom. Although we had to be a bit more intense. In the, yeah. in the second half. Uh, and obviously, it's still a work in progress because he's not had a. Yeah, a course. full week on, on the training ground. So Orient got the second half underway and I made a note about the first few minutes of the second half that we looked to be pressing them much quicker since we'd kicked, uh, since we'd got the second half underway, showing much more intensity than the first half. So clearly got them in at half-time, rollicked them and we came out and we were doing more of what he wanted us to be doing, which was putting them under pressure, which is what they were doing to us and it worked. Yeah, sign of a good manager. 51st minute in back-to-back long throws taken by Ogie. It came to nothing. Yeah, but the positive here is that we're trying harder to create something in attack. And that's that's the fundamental point here. Four minutes later, just shy of the hour mark, good counter-attack that led by Ruel Satoriu. He managed to feed Hector Kipriano, who took too long to get his shot off. And Wilson ended up managing to nullify that threat. Yeah, so, three minutes later, the space opened up for Ethan Coleman. He was a long way out from goal. He had an effort which went high and over the bar. 59 minutes now on the clock, and Aaron Drynan won a throw-in deep into the Forest Green half. Ogie again launched it into the box. Thompson kept possession, but his next pass found an offside player. Yeah, on the hour mark, the second O-sub of the game. As Theo Archibald came on, he replaced Harry Smith. That meant that Theo went out to the right, and it looked like Satori moved out to left, and Drynan went up front. For me, that was a spot on sub. That was exactly the sub I made. And when we saw Theo warming up, I said to the people around me, I hope he brings out Harry Smith off here. Because obviously Theo isn't an obvious sub for Harry Smith. I was like, this is what I would do. Using my common sense, I would, you know, leave Ruel because he's in the hot form at the moment. Put Give Dryden a shot in the middle because Harry Smith hasn't done anything in this game. And put Theo on the right. And then when he'd done that, I was like, yes, Richie. I was like, that's exactly what I would have done. So I, I was happy with that sub. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, 62 minutes Regan Hendry fouled Ethan Coleman about 25 yards out Otis Khan fancied his chances but it just hit the wall so disappointing there that was a great position for a free kick yeah. and they absolutely wasted it it's like, uh, get, get your name in lights lad just hit the target at least hit the target make the keeper work in that one 66 minutes we won a free kick on the halfway line taken quickly by Shadogi he passed it to Otis Khan who found Theo Archibald who started in a lovely ball to Rios to tell you who nicked it past Sweeney, found himself in on goal, coolly slotted past McGee, and he made it one all. That goal was coming. Great finish from Rowe. When you're on fire, you don't even think about it. You just instinctively whack it in the net. I've got to say, well played to Archibald as well. Pull it on a plate for Rowe. Even though he's had work to do, 
the pace on the ball and the direction of the ball was fantastic. So a great goal, and that was coming. It wasn't a surprise when that when mm. that came. Mm. Thoroughly deserved through our mm. pressure in the second half. Good goal, liked it. Yeah, no, and and a good quick that started as we mentioned from the quick thinking of Shadogi to get that free kick taken. He found Otis, who then found. Um, Theo and that 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 reverse pass was an absolutely sublime piece of passing and sublime piece of football from him. And if you want it to fall to anyone in the in the eighteen yard box at the moment, at the you moment. want it to fall to to Ruel Satorio. And for some reason, their their um, their strike their defender sorry like skipped over the Sweeney, ball. Sweeney, yeah, Sweeney managed yeah, to skip it. over the ball and it, yeah, completely fluffed it. So a bit of. Bit of luck for us there, but Ruel made no mistake, and, and that was absolutely fantastic for us. Really pleased about that. So well done, Ruel. Yeah, well done, Ruel. Seventy fourth minute, another good opportunity for the O's. We broke. Connor Wood got down the line. His cross was met by Aaron Jynan, who couldn't get his volley on target. That was a great move. That was swift <coughs> counter attacking football, and I think the Aaron Jynan of September. October might have made a better contact yeah. with that and got that on target but unlucky there yeah 79 minutes third Orient substitution as Paul Smythe replaced Ruel Saturiu I actually thought again that sub was the right sub to make when I saw Paul Smith coming on I was like you're going to obviously put Smith on the left so you're obviously going to take Drynan off or Ruel off and I just thought Ruel's played a lot of football lately a bit young keep Drynan on that pitch see what he can do for you so again Richie was like reading my mind See, I'd have t- I thought that was an. I think the opposite. I think that was an odd sub because I'd have taken Drynan or Khan uh, or Kipriot. I'd have taken one of the either midfielders off um, or or Aaron Drynan to obviously it's not going to be his night uh, and 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 push Ruel up and and have Paul behind Ruel, um, but obviously it didn't. Yeah, it didn't, and it doesn't really matter because nothing. <laughs> well, nothing came of it, so it's it's all fine. Eighty one minutes on the clock. Connor Wood picked up a booking for a foul from the free kick. Which was out wide. Vigaru managed to punch that clear. Yeah, eighty fourth minute. Forest Green Rovers looking for a winner, but not really threatening. Josh March fired at Vigaru on the turn, which was comfortably held. And we went up the other end. Paul Smith's shot was deflected out for a corner. The good thing about Paul Smith so late in the game is he's fresh, mm. full of energy. He gets a tired Forest Green Rovers defence, and you know Paul Smith is very good at carrying the ball forward. So fresh legs against tired legs. You could see that he could produce something. So mm. that was a good attack there. Yeah, absolutely. A lot more effort, desire and organisation in this half as well from us. So that half-time team talk certainly uh, worked wonders for us. So there was five minutes of additional time added on. No real talking points. Does Orient take a point back down the motorway to E10, making it two draws in Richie Wellens' first two games? Yeah, Richie Wellens spoke to Dave Victor after the match. That interview is available on YouTube. We're not going to play it because it's been up for about five days now. But Richie, obviously very happy uh, with the performance. Lots of positives to take out. Yeah. Uh, away from that so if you've not gone and watched it make sure you do absolutely still obviously a work in progress so the league table after that draw saw us remain in 20th place results around us also played a part in that as we've now played 35 games we've won 7 of them drawn 16 lost 12 goal difference of positive 6 and 37 points on the table so for me yeah. uh, I thought that was a brilliant point and on the balance of play I think that's quite a fair result both teams had some good chances First half was was poor. Forest Green looked like league leaders, really, from what I from what I was watching. Their goal was a dreadful one to concede, and we've got to cut that out from our game to give ourselves half a chance. Because if they don't score that, and we nick that goal in the second half, we've nicked three points. That's the difference. Yeah. Um, very different second half. We certainly upped our intensity much, much better from us. So, you know, second half team, and just instilling that bit of confidence. Ruel, what on earth was Jacket seeing that he meant 
that meant he wasn't being selected and even left out at times. I don't understand. It just shows you how even the most experienced of managers mm. can, can really get it so grossly wrong. Excellent goal from a kick from a guy who's clearly got the confidence on his side. And well done to Shad Ogie. He was superb. You know, it's never easy coming on as a sub. Yeah. Uh, the defence looked better with him in it, I thought. Uh, and I hope he now gets his chance to show Richie Wellens what, what he's about. Ebu Adams was immense for them. An unpopular opinion here. I'll have him back at Orient next season all day long. He won't because he's a League One player. But if the opportunity came up where his agent said, would you take him back? And I was Martin Ling, I would say, yeah, no problem. Because he was everywhere. If they needed some... De- from what I saw, if they were defending, he was at the front tackling and challenging and holding off so that he can clear the ball. If they were attacking, he was the one leading it or there or thereabouts and around it. He was box to box everywhere. And it's, it's why we're so annoyed with him is that he left the way he left. But take notwithstanding that, he is a fantastic football He's player. He's a championship player, I think it's fair to say. The fact that we're still talking about him on this podcast, four and a half years after he's left the club, or three okay. and a half years after he's left the club, shows you that we're all still gutted that we didn't get him. 100%. I say exactly the same on the supporters coach. People say exactly the same on the supporters coach. So the fact you're still talking about him, I was like, no one talks about Bruno and Gala anymore. Who? Exactly. Aloney we had in that same season where we had Ever Adams. Because no, it doesn't matter because he was such a nothing player that he's gone. Don't care. Mark Ellis, remember Mark Ellis? I do. Yeah. Oh, no. Terrible. No one talks about him because he was terrible. Yeah. Ever Adams, everyone still talks about him because he was such a good player and it's exactly the kind of player that Leighton Orient needed this season or have needed since we've been back in the Football League. Maybe one day, but very doubtful. I but doubtful. <laughs> I doubtful. <laughs> For me, I thought that was a deserved point. Some draws you come out of and you're like, actually, we were lucky there. We got battered and we nicked the goal and we were mm. lucky to get a point. Mm. Didn't think that at all. And I must say, I thought I thought the two unsung heroes that night were Connor Wood and Adam Thompson, who'd done their jobs brilliantly, defended well, pushed the team forward. And I think, obviously, where the away fans are, you're obviously at the equivalent of the West Stand. So you're next to each of those players for 45 minutes so you can see what they're doing. I thought both of those players were absolutely outstanding. But going forward... I think we look dangerous at points, which we haven't done um, since the season, well, since 2022 resumed. I like the subs. Like I said, that Richie Wellens made. I thought they were good subs. They made sense to me. I wasn't scratching my head when he made them. I thought Satoru took his goal very well. Very confident finish. And I made a point at saying I'd like to see the team who finished this game start the next match. So I'd have Royal, apart from I would have started Royal in the middle. I would have had Dryan and out um, on the wing. But for me, great away day. Great point. Ground was strange, thanks to everyone who was so accommodating on the support coach. So it's nice to speak to Dan Slominski, it was nice to get to know Matt McCarthy a bit better, nice to speak to Olivia and Robbie Minchin and everyone else whose name I didn't get, um, who I obviously spoke to. It was lovely to meet you all. Hopefully can get to do more away days, but apart from having this poxy Monday to Friday job, which most <laughs> Tuesdays can't do. Yeah. So those were our views. A huge amount of feedback after this match came into our social media accounts. So thanks to everyone who took the time to do that. And as you probably know by now, our social media accounts are sponsored by town and country estate agents who are Orient-supporting and highly successful estate agents. West End season ticket holder and one of the directors is Charlie Paul. And he's offering, it's good to see you yesterday, Charlie. Uh, and he's offering all Leighton Orient fans and staff a whopping 20% off his usual fee. If you're thinking of moving, keep it in the Orient family. Save yourself a few quid. Give Charlie a call directly on 07528 471 497. Or you can email him, charlie at townandcountrypropertysales.com.
www.charlie.co.uk or you can just DM him on Twitter, Charlie, C-H-A-R-L-I-E underscore Paul, P-O-O-L-E. And also worth noting that just because we're about to read the tweets that we're about to read out, it doesn't mean that we agree with them. Yeah, nicely done. Bidardly Jande. So the first one was Patrick One Flood, who tweeted us and said, win a draw. Feels like a win. Good result against top of the league. Great tweet. Nada underscore 1987 said, a good point, good performance and other results were favourable. So a good night. Got to win on Saturday though. Yeah, Paul Ravens 39. So what an improvement. It's the first time in ages we've actually looked like we could win a game. Players looked up for it and we created chances. An excellent point. I think that's a good tweet. Like We looked like we could win that game and deservedly win it at points. Which we haven't said yeah. in quite a long time. Um... Paul Les LK52 Les LK52 said, wow, we may not be the best team in the league, but Richie Wellens has got them fighting for the badge. With Oldham and Stevenage losing, it's a fantastic point. Well done, and keep the fighting spirit going. Yeah, Jagsy1979 said, had us now on to lose that, but instead, lots of positives. Three goals in four games for real. Unbeaten in four games, and teams around us all losing. Good stat. Tom Davis, E7 to E17, said, encouragingly positive, we're still a bit lightweight in all areas and aren't sharp enough in front of goal, but we tried to play football and win tonight, and there was something to build on. Steve Chaplin forced a great point, particularly after the sloppy goal we gave away. Different much of Forest Green. Good to see we were searching for the win right up to the end. Encouraging. Uh, new one for me, Cham, uh, uh, Cham24 said, that's a great return from two tough-looking goals with the cushion to the bottom to growing to an effective seven points. The new manager appears to have calmed down, calmed them down, and that's all they need to do to stay calm, and the results will follow. Yeah, agree with that. Sunshine, LOFC. So overall, I thought we were the better team, and other results went our way this evening. Really do need to win on Saturday. Beckles is getting back to his best, and a great ball from Archibald for the O's goal. Yeah, LOFC, Teresa said we needed that point. Could have been three. More fighting for the shirt and working hard. Glad that Ogie came on and showed his worth, and well done to Ruel. Slowly coming together. So looking forward to Saturday's match. Yeah, the occasional one. So apart from the first 15 minutes, we matched them and were the better team in the second half. Wellens has definitely installed something. First win is coming on Saturday. Yeah, Mark Ross 07487103 said, I'd like to see our running stats compared to a few games back. It's a good point and the players seem to be buying into the manager. He's only had a day or two on the training pitch, so you can't complain so far. Yeah, Lawson and Gamps. When we conceded such a poor goal, I feared the worst, but this is a new orient. Far from perfect. However, the improvements and passion are clear to see. Results went our way generally tonight as well. Win against Rochdale, and it would have been a superb start for Richie. Daniel underscore D44 said, maybe if Jacket had started Ruel in more games, he might still have a job. Two tough games for Wellens, so two draws is a great return, but three points is an absolute must on Saturday. It's a pity Wellens didn't get the job three games earlier. Yeah, good fair, point. Fair yeah, point. they went through the thorough process though. Brant Rucker, SC, said, come on you O's. The adjustment by the coaching staff in the second half was great. Well-timed substitutions and the game looked really winnable when Smythe came on. The second half was, dare I say it, fun to watch. Yeah, well, there you go. Alan Reese too said, I liked Khan in that position. I think there was some potential there long term. Other than Kipriano and their goal, I thought we did okay and have improved under Richie Wellens already. Yeah, I just tend to agree with that. Another new Twitter handle for me is Archie Wills XN9. He said, I heard Alex Mitchell was due back soon. Ray, nowhere near as good as Mitchell. And although Ogie did well, we really need Big Mitchell back as he's been superb up until his operation. And arguably, 
the best centre-back this year. 100% agree with that. I had a chat with Alex Mitchell because I was sat in the gallery yesterday. Um, such a nice such a nice guy. Like I had all the time in the world to, to have a chat. Uh, from what I understand, he's back in first-team training now. So Good. it's just about him... Getting, getting back again. into contention yeah. uh, of Richie Wellens' plans. Really. Good to hear. Our podcast sponsor, Big Ads LOFC, said two games in and the improvements are obvious. Winning second balls by not letting the opponent have time and playing with a bit of desire makes a huge difference. Also, getting home early hours was worth it. Big game on Saturday now, up the O's. Yeah, and the final word in this one goes to Orient Dave. It's a great point. We didn't capitulate at 1-0 and we didn't resort to hoofing it long. We strung more passes together recently and we didn't look nervy at the end. Lots of positives to take forward. Thanks to everyone who tweeted us after the Forest Green Rovers game. As a reminder, those are all tweets that come into us at Orient Outlook. Yeah, so Carol Langley sponsor Carol Langley Flores sponsor our prediction league. So we'll give you an update on that now. So sponsors Carol Langley are an established local business in Chingford, East London, specialising in bespoke flowers for all occasions and events from a simple thank you to a lavish wedding or event they can help. Get in touch with John and the team. You can uh, contact them on Twitter at Carol, that's with an E on the end, Langley E4, or at Essex Beers. They've got a special Mother's Day promotion, 10% extra off flowers for all Leighton Orient fans, staff and Outlook podcast listeners. So please get your orders in early to avoid being disappointed. So a huge well done to so many of you who correctly predicted one all. So you get three points. But extra special kudos to Les LK52, Chris W underscore one, Wings Mad, Smartest O, Len Chin Chin, who correctly predicted the, uh, the score and Ruel to score the, the goal. Uh, so you guys all get four points. We'll do a prediction league table update at the end of the show. Yeah, so that finishes wow. off Forest Green Rovers. Got enough. That's lots. I was in bed by half past one. So that was a decent away day. It wasn't too crazy. So yeah. well happy with that. Even though you're going to the other side of the country. Yeah, it was all right. Made it in good time. Well done, driver. So Wednesday, the 16th of March, in the club announced that football for a fiver is returning for the home game against Barrow. That's on Saturday the 26th of March. But not just that, on the same fixture, they also announced that Retro Day is returning. I quite enjoyed the last couple of Retro Days. They've been good fun, watching, looking at people's uh, retro kits. And not also that, but also the Onuts make a welcome return to Brisbane Road. So free for the price of one. Well, free wow. for the price of a fiver. There you go. I hear you say crazy talk. Yeah, I miss that. So I don't get to get my own up, but never mind. Um, Thursday the 17th of March happy St Patrick's Day to all of those who celebrated that yeah absolutely no news to talk about from the football club on the Thursday and no news to talk about on the Friday of 18th of March either so let's go to Saturday the 19th of March and the young O's were in action in the morning they were away at Swindon Town delighted to say they won the game 4-0 thanks to guys from Ibrahima Davies Sapanara and a double from Charlie Pegram. So well done, the young O's 4 0 away to Swindon Town. That's a That's decent not result. Well played. Not easy at all. Yeah, so the main event of the day was Rochdale at home. And as always, before the game, we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you think we'd get on in this one. And after just 173 votes in 23 hour, 24 hours, sorry, 5% thought we'd lose it, 9% thought we'd draw it, and an overwhelming 86% thought we'd win it. And it always scares me when I see such a high <laughs> percentage yeah. towards a win that we're actually, it's kind of like put the, the bock on it. But 
that that's the Wellens effect at the moment, isn't it? That's obviously two positive away results followed by a, a home game and go Rochdale are only two or three places above us yeah. in the table. But good to see such a positive, positive uh, fan base from the O's there thinking we get the wings. But two o'clock, the team was announced. Lawrence Vigrou in goal. Adam Thompson, Omar Beckel, Shadogi and Connor Wood at the back with Ethan Coleman and Hector Kipriano in the centre midfield. With Ralph Satori, Paul Smythe, Theo Archibald and Aaron Dryden making up the 11 on the bench. We had Sam Sargent, Matt Young, Jordan Brown, Otis Khan, Darren Prattley, Frank Nubley and Harry Harry Smith. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that meant there were three changes from the team that started against Forest Green. As Paul Smythe, Theo Archibald and Shadogi started. Harry Smith, uh, Otis Khan uh, dropped to the bench and George Ray obviously missed out with his injury. Um, heavy midfield uh, presence on the bench. Um, obviously no Callum Riley. Um, our pre-match Martin Ling um, uh, did the interview with Barry Galvin in the hospitality area. Uh, talked about injuries. Uh, obviously Craig Clay being long-term, Tom James being long-term. And about sort of generally anyone else being out and about and Callum Riley wasn't even mentioned. His name didn't even come into it at all. So he's not injured. I think someone tweeted well, us. Well, Mark, Mark Shepherd said he spoke to him and tweeted us at half-time. So I spoke to Callum Riley. He says he's been fit for months. Make of that what you will make of that. If that is true, that is flabbergasting. Well, there's a, a, there's a comment to, there's, there's a There's a podcast in that in its own right, I think. But, <laughs> um, I quite like the four-two-three-one formation. Big fan of that. It shows that we've got a good, solid base in the middle. We've got a, a midfield five, if you like, arranged in a particular way. And then being able to support the one up top. And, and in this case, with Big Harry Smith being on the bench, it means we're not going long ball. We're not lumping it. So we might start to see some nice football on the floor. Yeah, I like to look at that team when I saw it. I mean, that defence is the four that I put on FanHub. That's the defence that I wanted Agreed. to see. The front line was the front line that I had put on FanHub as well. That's what I wanted to see. I just had two different central midfielders. Right. I wanted to see Riley and I wanted to see Prattley because Coleman... And Kiprianu, like you said, maybe scapegoated a bit, but let's be honest, it's men's football and they're not playing at a men's level. And there's going to be loads of tweets, I think, again at the end of this game. And I think there's a few talking points within the match where, yeah, it, we have to support them, but at the same time, that you look at that team and you go, that they are the two weakest players mm. in that team. That's not being... In a crucial position as well. Yeah, that's not, that's not being harsh. That That's just my opinion. I think they are the two weakest by a mile on the team and there are very there are various instances yesterday and some will get covered in this plan and some won't because we don't go into huge detail within that what you look at but if Darren again I always say if someone is ready to be on the bench then they're ready to start because if you get an injury after 8 minutes that player has got to be available to come on and give you 82 minutes so I was a bit disappointed not to see Prattley start that one and the, the, obviously the Callum Riley um news that he's been fit for months kind of surprised everyone because yeah. we just thought he was a sick note so there's obviously something going on there but then you argue that obviously Kenny Jackett didn't select him Matt Harrell didn't absolutely yeah 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 games, and now Richie Wellens isn't yeah. select not even to start but to be even on yeah, the bench yeah, absolutely to not even very on the bench yeah something, so I'd, listen we might be reading something into nothing here and it's just we've only got this and we feel that yeah. these players give us a, something different that he you know Whatever, I, I just don't know, but I find it slightly odd. Yeah, it was odd. I mean, the other thing about that team or that bench is there's there are no defenders on the bench like mm. whatsoever. It's just made up of midfielders and forwards. So again, you've got a lot of game changers on the bench. So if you, if you need to get the ball up the pitch, you've obviously got Harry Smith who you can bring on. 
Khan, who's on the bench, obviously being rested since his injury because he came back from an injury against Forest Green Rovers. So I get that. Prattley obviously being managed back since COVID. So a few different options on the bench. But, so, jo- but Jordan Brown over Callum Ryan. Exactly. That's the one you look at and you go, really? Yeah. Really? But, you know, obviously Richie's there to do a job, pick the squad. And he's done that. And, it and he's out. And he was right. Well, it turns out so, he's right. And obviously, like you said, he's not the first manager who hasn't put Riley in the squad, in the squad let alone the starting start. 11. Yeah. So interesting there. I'm sure there'll be more revelations that come out about that one soon. Gary Talbot 7 started off a whole load of tweets that we got saying Smith deservedly dropped, hasn't scored for ages. Excuse me. Said otherwise, well, happy. Yeah, I mean. We're not really scoring much, so I don't think that really says too much, Gary. But I, I take your point. Save hands, 0-0. Zero, zero. So very attacking and exciting. Smith bench, Ogie starts. That's probably our best available 11. Yeah, I would agree with that, given given the opposition and given current form of the players. Billy Carroll, GB, said, very pleased with the team selection. It baffles me why Riley doesn't make the bench when he's fully fit. See, Riley must have been speaking to a few other fans, because that tweet from Mark Sheffield only came into us at half-time. So obviously Billy saying he's fully fit before... We had found out that he was fully fit, so obviously he's he was sat talking a few rows to players. Yeah. yeah. Also, worryingly, given our luck with injuries at the back, we don't have a defender on the bench. But then Hector <coughs> could go in defence. Yeah, he could do because he's played there, so it's not the end of the world. John, unless he got injured, obviously. John, Ma- which thank God he didn't. John McNabeau said, with the obvious exceptions of Clay and James, that is the team. Just hope he goes 4-4-2. Ron Sampson, 15, says, Glad Smith isn't starting, he's made, he's, as he's made little contribution. I'm glad Ogie's starting, and it's mystifying why he hasn't been starting lately. Again, it is a slightly odd situation how George Ray just suddenly walks in and, and, and gets it over Shad Ogie. But Len Chin Chin Wan said, The main points are, good to see Ogie start, and our two leading strikers not starting together, with Smith on the bench and Dryden given the start, hopefully encourage more flexibility and incentive to others. Good defence and attacking football is a must. This will be a tough game. Yeah, so thanks for all your tweets pre-match. And before the game, the teams walked out, there was a minute's silence that was impeccably observed for Peter Barnes. Nicely done there by the club. Well done there. Absolutely. So Rochdale got the game underway and a bit of excitement in the first minute as Lawrence Vigaru's long pass found Paul Smythe who turned, drove forwards, was in on goal, a couple of poor touches saw the chance disappear. He seemed to be in and then run away from goal. Yeah. Which was really... Baffling. It's almost like there was like an extra spring in the ball that just suddenly <laughs> like went an extra step away from him. It was really odd. Good intent though, opening-wise. We're happy with that. Vigaru was tested in the fourth minute as he powered out a shot at his near post for a corner. And just a minute late from a corner, Rochdale took the lead. The corner was cleared as far as Clark. He clipped it back into the area. Ball guided it to Newby. Played a nice little pass with the outside of his boot perfectly into Newby mm. he found the far bottom corner with his left foot past Lawrence Vigaru and suddenly it was 1-0 to the visitors now you can say that's poor defending I actually thought that was quite a good goal Agreed. like the, the through pass to Newby was a great little pass yeah. the ball how he's found Newby out of all them red shirts yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you could say no one was near Newby but Newby still got to finish it and he, and he took it well but you're sitting there and you're thinking mate six minutes into Richie's first game one or down what a terrible terrible start honestly I mean given the amount of red shirts in the box it's actually quite shocking that that's happened and you include Lawrence Figueroa in that I mean he didn't stand a chance but there were what five or six red shirts in there and (laughs) between the two uh, Rochdale players they managed to find each other It's, it's unbelievably poor 21 minutes on the clock and Ruel Satoriu did really well uh, to beat his man, to get to the byline from the left, get his cross in, Aaron Drinnen headed towards goal from point-blank point range, 
but Lynch made an excellent reaction save. Really good save. Good save. I think Morel done so well. He looked like the one who was going to, in the opening half, who was going to do something. Because every time he got the ball, he was just head down, running at them, and they didn't know what... all he does. They didn't know what to do. And his endeavour for that gets the chance to drive, and he really should have scored that. He's so close from goal. If he puts it to Lynch's right or left, he pretty much scores it. He just literally puts it right at Lynch, who has to react and get his hands in front of his I say that's all Ruel does. That's what Ruel does best. And what we don't have from anyone else in, yeah, um, in in that team, it's something very different, and it scares the life out of the defenders. They hate it. Yeah, he done well there. Des- he deserved an assist for his for his endeavour there. I agree, absolutely agree. And pre December or pre Christmas, would have scored. Uh, Dryden would have yeah. uh, would have scored that, but at least he's in the right place to receive it. Um, Connor Wood cross in the twenty third minute seemed to cause chaos in the Rochdale box, but the ball was put behind for a corner. It came to nothing. Yeah, 26 minutes. A bit of a let-off for the O's after Paul Smith's misplaced pass went to a Rochdale player. He fed him ball and ball done well to get a chance for an effort but when he got his effort he completely scuffed it easily into the arms of Lawrence Vigarou. Yeah, Rochdale had a free kick about 25 yards out in the 28th minute. It was taken by Liam Kelly not ex-Orient Liam Kelly because <laughs> he's at Coventry uh, which Lawrence Vigarou had to turn over the bar that's on the highlights uh, for those that see it from which ball had an effort off target at the back post. At this point, Rochdale were all over us. We were playing some pretty poor football. Yeah. And I think, obviously, we talked about Paul Smith's error that gets ball his chance. The free kick came because from our own mistake again. Yes. I think it was Coleman and Cipriani both hesitating, losing possession, and then we conceded the foul. And it seemed to literally be, when we got the ball, Vigory would play it to Shad, and they'd try and ball from the back, or Vigo would do a long ball to the left. Literally, be like every time we had a goal kick, it was either he would play it to Shad, or playing to left. They yeah. literally had players, he had Thompson on his right, and Becker was calling for it, only to Shad, or only to left. It was quite mystifying, actually. And it was we were literally making the mistakes to give Rochdale the chances. Mm. It was a real strange performance. There was one point in the first half where Viggs had the ball, did, had no runners, Kiprianu was free, and Kiprianu put his hand out to Viggs and went, I don't want it. And then, I'm sitting there going, mate, you're a footballer. You're unmarked. Why do you not want the football? Like you're the open player. Mm. Why do you not want the ball? That was when I thought I'd probably attack Kipriano off here. If he doesn't want the ball from Vix, which is a pretty easy pass, then I'm not sure what's going on. Mm. But it seems to be Vix's plan. Well it? It, it it is, and apparently a few reports from the West End that Richie Wellens was telling fans were moaning to stop moaning and support the team. I didn't see that, but Fair play. There's enough people saying it. I think that it's yeah, probably yeah, no, no, I'm not saying it probably happen. true. Yes, but we were we were we were kind of the creators of our own downfall at this point. We were putting pressure on ourselves by simple footballing mistakes. Yeah, and I couldn't see where a goal was coming from mm. at that point because you know apart from Morel's bit of endeavour to get dry in the head, we didn't we weren't creating anything. Mm. But luckily, got a bit of stardust. We absolutely did. We absolutely did, and it happened in the 40th minute as we levelled things up out of nothing really. After some good work by Ruel Soturiu, uh, Paul Smythe turned, and I don't know if it's Smythe or Smith, but I'll have to, I must ask him if I When is is saying Smythe, I think he's been listening to the podcast too much. <laughs> when it said Smythe in his post-match and didn't say Paul Smith, and yeah. other people have said Paul Smith, so we'll go with Wellens and we'll say Smythe. He, he, he must have listened to the podcast. Yeah, nice, nice uh, one, Richie. <laughs> Paul Smythe turned and found some space. He did really well there because he, he had Good a player footwork. on him. Good footwork. And it's, it's that low centre of gravity that means he can just turn without much needing much space to do it. And he's moved away from, from their midfielder 
Uh, and from about 30 odd yards out, he's managed to, to launch a fierce shot and it's just gone into the top corner of Lynch's goal, who stood no chance. And he's put us back on level terms, scoring his first league goal yeah. for Leighton Orient in 21 22 season. And it's mid March. Wow. Great goal. Don't Amazing. what worth waiting for. Take a bow. Like no one was going to save that. That would have been any keeper, regardless of what league it was in. I've got to say, well done to Satiru because again, his endeavour gets the ball to Smythe, and like you said, his footwork's amazing. He does well to control it and turn, yeah. and yeah. then look up and think, "I'm just going to hit this." And he didn't have the best forty minutes. Paul Smythe is pretty anonymous, I would yeah. say. But it's that moment of brilliance but that's it? what it changes the game. That's what he can give you, and that yeah. would be like a weight off his shoulders getting his first goal from Orient. Hopefully, the first. Of many great goal, couldn't believe it when they hit the back of the net from the south stand. So forty second minute, and Rochdale went close as Campbell had a near post shot that was tipped behind for a corner by Viggs. One minute of added time was played out with nothing to report. The teams went in level at the break. Yeah, a few tweets come into us at half time. W Smith one two five. So terrible half from the defence and the midfield, an undeserved equaliser, but a class goal. Ian David, one, two, three, four, said, what a stunner, what a goal. That was an unbelievable strike. So good to see such confidence. Yeah, Nicky Rumpf said, first half saved by a wonder goal from Smythe. My first match back after a while. Where's that midfield gone? Some bright moments, but we seem to be scared going forward. That's what everyone at half-time was talking about, kind of how poor we had played in the South Stand mm. anyway, but what a goal we had just seen. Yeah. And at half-time, one all, like, still in it. Turning still point. Win it. Yeah, absolute turning point. 4,791 packed out the uh, Brea Group Stadium. 316 of those were away fans, so credit to them. Yeah, absolutely. Long journey for them. Orient got the second half underway. 49th minute in. Heck, the Kipriani got a book in after he brought down Tavon Campbell. 56 minutes on the clock now. A smart attack from Orient Paul saw Paul Smythe playing Theo Archibald, but his cross was put out for a corner. Yeah, nice little win to play there. We seemed a bit more intentful again in the second half. A bit more like we had the intent and the intensity to get forward and try and find the winner. And watch that, we're getting pinned back yeah, good. a lot more. And you could tell the crowd were behind them. To be fair, I thought the crowd were decent yesterday. Yeah. Right behind them. So you could tell the second half... We all went up for but it. I think also with Wellens getting him in and rollicking him at half time again, you know, Paul Smith said that as much in his post match. Um, and he really told him off and told him what for, give him what for. Uh, and then you come out and you start pressing and you start being more impactful, more purposeful going forwards. You know, the other teams aren't going to like it very much, especially in and around us at the moment where we are in the league. They're not going to like that. They're not going to appreciate it. And they're probably buckle, which obviously does happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could tell you Wellens wasn't happy. He's wearing like a fluorescent white shirt. Pretty much, you can see him from anywhere in the ground, like walking around his dugout, gesturing like to the players, telling them what to do. And you can mm. tell from what his reaction to what he was seeing. Terry as well. Yeah, good. That's that's what that's what that's what you want from a management team, right? You don't want to sit there, uh, stationary like Kenny Jackie did with his yeah, arms folded, just oh, watching yes, with his Adidas so. jacket on. Very much so. One minute later, the O's took the lead as a cross from Paul Smythe was played in on the right. Great cross that found Shadogi at the far post. He headed the ball back across goal. Kipriani stretched his leg out, managed to roll the ball into the path of the oncoming Ruel Satiru. He drilled the ball past Lynch into the back of it to make it 2-1 to the Orient. I think he took that goal very well. Instinct. Laces through it. Boom. 2-1. 4-5 for Ruel. Amazing, and I think I saw a tweet earlier today. It said it's the first time Morel started five league games in a row for Orient. Interesting, yeah. And he's got four and five in that 
games he's started. Obviously, yeah. he's played five in a row before, but coming on yeah. as a sub in some of them. These he's are the his points out first time. Well. Yeah. yeah, at the moment, he's going to be one of the first names on the team sheet for Richie on Tuesday. He's been mine anyway. Good finish, though. Took it well, and you can see how happy he was, and the kind of relief around the ground when that goal went into person in a winning situation. You kind of felt a whole, like a breath of fresh air had happened from Absolutely that. Absolutely right. Great goal. Still no idea why he's not been given more of a chance by previous managers. I just beggar's belief. He's dangerous. When he's full of confidence like he is, he's a very threatening player. Whether that's in the box, around the box, dragging us up the pitch and keeping us up the pitch, whatever it is, he does it. And I just hope that under Richie that he's then given more uh, coaching and becomes a better player off, off, off the back of it. I think Richie mentions as much in his post-match yeah. uh, as well. So I'm, I'm delighted for him. I'm a big fan of Ruelles. I know others haven't been in the past. I don't see why you wouldn't be because of the attributes that he has. Perfect. Brilliant. Well done. Yeah, good stuff. On the hour, Mark Dooley found ball with a through ball. He slid the ball across the area trying to find Newby, but Viggs did well to collect. Even though we were 2-1 up, it definitely, definitely wasn't game over. Still some work to be done in this one. Absolutely. What an appropriate name, surname to have as a footballer if you're named Ball. <laughs> 62 minutes on the clock was our first substitution as Ethan Coleman made way for the experienced Darren Prattley. Again, bang on sub for me. Makes the subs at the right time. Again, not Coleman's finest game and I think I've said it before. Struggled, didn't he? Stru- struggled. When you play in League 2 players and set in midfield, if anyone's scouting Orion, they'll go, right, this is the formation they play. They play two guys in the middle. The two guys are young in the middle. Give them a kick. Been asked to him, put two big lumps. Put under pressure. Yeah, put two big, put two big lumps mm. against them who are experienced, and and you'll have no problems with them. I thought actually that was the right sub to do. And the first thing that Prattley done when he came on was that a ball bounced and he held of his man for a throw in. And I thought that's that's exactly the kind of thing that Ethan Carman won't be doing yet because he hasn't got that experience. Ethan Carman probably would have tried to pass the ball and might have put us into trouble with a misplaced pass. Prattley held of his man with his strength, let the ball go out for a throw, in, and already started kind of getting the clock down and kind of talking to everyone around him. I thought, that's exactly what I want from a central midfielder. Yeah. So, right up for me again. Well played, Richie. 68 minutes on the clock now. Paul Smythe had an effort from a tight angle, but his shot managed to go over the bar. Yeah, I think he maybe should have passed it in that situation. Maybe. Obviously, he's got his first goal for tight the angle. He's a bit confident. You could see, though, going forward, the confidence already starting to come back. Once that second goal had gone in, they wanted it. And something I noticed, again, when, when that happened, Paul Smith laughed. He smiled, right? And it was if Satoru or Drynan, like laughed with him. Normally, if we were losing that, there would have been a bit of pointing, a bit of just, just gesticulating, whatever Gesticulating. Gesticulating. There was none of that. They were all laughing at each other, clapping each other, going, right, come on, let's get a third. Yeah, and you can tell, supported. Whereas, I think if they were losing, under a bit more pressure, you wouldn't have seen that. So yeah. that's a good sign, that, for me. 72nd minute, Paul no, Smith. 68. 68 minute. Orient made their second sub as Hector Kiprianu was replaced by Otis Khan. Again, spot on for me. When you saw Khan warming up, you're thinking, well, Khan can play in a variety of positions. You can obviously put him at right back if you want to. You can put him in the midfield if you want to. Or you can put him up front. But for me, that was the bang on sub again. Again, not Hector's greatest game of football. I think he's feeling the pressure a bit. Mm. Might be tired. He's played an awful lot of football recently. Like you said, although he's played a lot of games for Orient, he's still a very young lad finding his feet but for me yeah that was the sub I wanted to see the right sub spot very nice okay so 72 minutes on the clock after going down with cramp Paul Smith was eventually replaced by Harry Smith yeah so Harry Smith was on the pitch it only took him 6 minutes to get a goal as we extended our lead in the 78th minute as a long ball from the back was brilliantly controlled by Theo Archibald who stuck his left leg out and trapped the ball he ran into the box he took a shot got deflected 
looped into the path of the oncoming Harry Smith, headed past Lynch. 3-1 to the Orient, job done. I thought that was a bit of luck there, yeah. like the ball loop, but... Absolutely. Luck's already coming back to us, so I can't complain. That deflection could have gone luck, anywhere. Yeah, could have gone anywhere, that ball. Great to see Harry Smith score. I think that's Harry Smith's first goal since beating Swindon on December the 7th. I might be wrong. I'm pretty sure that was his first goal since early December. We'll do his confidence. Probably, yeah. The world of good. Great ball from Adam Thompson into Theo Archibald and a great piece of skill from Theo Archibald, especially that first touch to trap the yeah. ball and take it forward. Yeah, that, was a, that was a superb touch. Take nothing away from Theo Archibald. Amazing the touch. Full credit. Yeah, absolutely. if it doesn't touch his, the end of his boot, that it's chance gone. doesn't happen. Yeah. And we might end up seeing out an early 2-1. But actually, because he got the ball... He then makes the shot that then loops that Harry then heads and puts it beyond doubt. And Adam Thompson's a massive unsung hero. He's a right centre black back playing right back. That's two different jobs, and he's done absolutely brilliantly there. Uh, Adam Thompson, really, really good. Uh, Harry Smith tried a bit of a spectacular a few yards out from goal uh, in the 80th minute, but his effort. Went over the bar. Yeah, it's amazing what a goal does for your confidence, isn't it? Mate, amazing. 85th minute in Vigaru got booked for time wasting. He kind of dilly dallied over a free kick. Yeah. You're like, come on, mate. We're two goals up here. You don't really need to time waste too much. But he got a yellow card for his troubles, but it didn't come to anything else. Six minutes of time went up on the fourth official's uh, scoreboard. And in the first minute, Theo Archibald forced Lynch into a save following a great attack down the left from the official. Yes. Man of the match. Our official man of the match sponsor was our, <laughs> our old schoolmate, Steve Clark. So he chose well. Oh, was it? Oh, well done, Steve Clark. Yeah, Ruel, again, done really well in the build-up play. Yeah. And he made the right choice there. Maybe Ruel, a year ago, would have taken a shot from a ridiculous angle and got it over the bar. But he actually plays a great pass to Theo and Lynch made a good save. Four minutes into injury time, Rochdale went close to putting a goal back. But their striker... Couldn't connect with the ball. And that was all there was to report about this game as the full-time whistle went as Richie Wellens' first home game at the O's gave him his first win as the O's finally won a game for the first time in 2022. First Orient win in 102 days. That's a lot of podcasts, mate, that we've done since we've had a win to talk about. Absolutely, it is. First win in 17 games. First time the O's have scored two goals in a game in 17 games as rocking all over the world was finally dusted out and played for the first time at Brisbane Road in 2022 as we picked up vital three points. So Dave Victor spoke to Richie Wellens after the game. We're only going to play a few uh, opening minutes of this. Here's what Richie Wellens had to say. Richie, thanks for joining us and congratulations on your first win as Lake Noyan's head coach. Yeah, I, I felt it's been coming with two difficult away trips. I felt we could have nicked a win there, but you know, today's an important one um, and a sense of change. A feeling in the ground. Listen, first 25 minutes, it was. It could have been a long day. It was difficult because Rochdale are good. Our press and everything that we worked on, we wasn't quite doing. The distance in our team far too big. Um, but then the feeling in the last 15 minutes of the ground was one that you know. I get it. I get the supporters having a bit of not a moan up, but the feeling of a little bit discontent. And maybe that's a, a, accumulation of the. the the, the 15 games that we've, we've been without a win but it was so important that they stuck with us because it was difficult in the first 25 minutes they're a really good team they can play through a lot of teams um, but then we changed shape second half and matched them up um, and then I thought we steamrolled them um, I thought we could have scored a lot more goals their keepers pulled off some good saves we've missed little chances where we could have we could have made more of and they've only had one shot in the second half so like night and day in terms of first half second half performance but I'm really pleased from the feeling 
not my own feeling and the feeling supporters first 20 minutes to then at the end of the game and the last 15 minutes when we, when we look comfortable. The turning. So that was Richie Wenning speaking to Dave Victor after the game. The full interview is available on the club's YouTube channel and a massive thank you to Dave Victor for sending us over that interview. So that win, coupled with results around us, sees the O's move up to the giddy heights of 18 in League 2. We've played 36, won 7, drawn 16, lost 12. Goal difference of plus 8, which is ridiculous for a team in 18th place, but very good for us, and 40 points. Again, results went our way. Barrow lost yesterday. They did. Oldham lost, lost again Scunthorpe yesterday. Scunthorpe got battered yesterday five to uh, Salford 5-0. Yeah. So Stevenage, Barrow, Colchester lost. Carlisle won, unfortunately. Yeah, I think Carlisle have yeah. won the last five and six since they appointed Paul Simpson. So I think Carlisle are out of it now. But I think we're nine points ahead of the relegation places. With a, again, plus goal difference. Plus goal so difference ten. gives you ten points. So... Really good day yesterday. I don't think Oldham are going to get 10 points from us. So I can't I see really it. I wouldn't worry too much about that. I think, I think it, without wishing to put the uh, kibosh. kibosh on yeah. it, but I think I think we're safe from that. I don't think the talk of relegation is going to be on us now. There are two clearly worse teams than us, although, as we'll mention in a moment, Barrow sat their manager. Stevenage have got their game yesterday postponed with Steve, Steve Evans. They've got several COVID cases they could only feel 12 so you know they might see a little bit of a bounce for them as well uh, yeah but yeah Bid of Legenda then let's go your views on yesterday in your posh seats uh, Bid of Legenda well yeah thanks very much to my friend Dennis <laughs> who very much uh, very kind to, to invite me with his group of friends into the hospitality excellent excellent seats and, and, and a lovely bit of dinner as well finally a win we can talk about finally <laughs> I can't believe we've had to wait so long to be able to talk about a win. And it feels so much nicer to do this podcast. We're coming up to an hour now and it doesn't feel like it. And it just feels like we are talking about green shoots of recovery coming through here. Yeah. Like We're not out of the woods by any stretch, but I think we get to the end of the season. Richie Wellin sits down. He's had a good opportunity to look at the players that he'll want to carry forwards into next season and those that he won't, regardless of whether they're on a contract or not. They can be moved on. They can find other clubs. We can pay them up. Whatever we need to do, really, to, to give Richie the best chance of starting positively next season. It was a poor first half. There's no denying that. Uh, I thought we looked nervous. And for me, uh, Hector and, and, and Ethan Coleman not the midfield dynamic that I think that we, we need. I think we do need that experience, as we've alluded yeah. to before. Whether that's Darren Prattley and or Callum Riley, that I don't know. Probably Darren Prattley, I'd say, one. If he's going to go with a 4-2-3-1, um, I'd, I'd say that would that would work. And Prattley coming on and a slight formation reshuffle saw us very much improved. We looked a lot more threatening, a lot more dynamic and a lot more positive going forward. So he definitely bought that. And and Darren Pratt has not been without criticism either. He's yep. the older statesman, the 36-year-old that come from a League One club that have been playing cha- League One and prior to that championship football hasn't shown us everything that he's about. But he could be a real vital piece of the, the, the jigsaw puzzle for us as we see out uh, this Green. season. Callum Riley was there today. He was fit. So why is he not on the bench? Uh, we've had that conversation. Adam Thompson, Ruel Soturiu, Paul Smythe all stood out for me. I thought Drynan worked hard, was unlucky not to be on the score sheet. Uh, I really am willing him to uh, to do well yeah. there. Uh, well done to Ruel again. Um, he scored his eighth goal of the season and could well be into double figures quite soon, I hope. 
Um, and that, I think, would be a decent return for him considering the season uh, that he's had. And Harry Smith, now on 14 goals for the season as well, a decent return considering he's not scored in, in over three months. Yeah. So, you know, I think that that's decent for him. I like that Richie made subs with enough time to affect the game. Not None of this silly 80-plus minutes of giving a player five, ten minutes to uh, to turn a game around. Uh, as we said earlier, I was sat in the gallery, could see Richie Wellens kicking every ball, shouting instructions, barking them out, telling them where they needed to, what he's expecting from the technical area. Actually, to a point where he was encroaching on the pitch and the fourth official had to tell him to to rein it in and, and, and to come back in. So that's what I love to see. I love to see a manager that's engaging, not standing there, arms folded, looking disinterested or going through the motions or, or whatnot. Richie was really doing well there. I can't can't emphasise that that enough. The same as what Matty Harold was doing um, on the sidelines for us as well. We can't really be too critical of the players at the moment, individually and collectively, but you can see we are a work in progress a good progress, I feel, is being made. So let's hope that this is the springboard to move us up the table is where I'm hoping that we'll be. Nicely done. Good stuff. I think for me, yeah, it, that really was a game of two halves, wasn't it? I mean, that first half was pretty bad. That's as bad as what I've seen it, probably, in terms of a collective performance. There weren't any ideas on that pitch or any confidence and people wanting the ball or movement until Paul Smith scores that goal completely mm. out of nothing. But... Second half was more like it. I think once we got the second goal, like we didn't look like we were going to lose that game. You could only see one team winning it. And once we had the third goal, it was a case of how many were we going to get, which is great to see. Smith's goal, like I said, worldy. Worrell takes it brilliantly. Great goal from him. Good to see Harry Smith now get on the score sheet. I think they'll do him the world of good. Interesting to see now whether he put start Smith on Tuesday. I think he'll keep rotating the front line. Maybe he put Smith in for drying and maybe tries to get an impact out of the It'd be interesting now to see what he does yeah. on Tuesday because he's not going to drop Ruel. You'd imagine Paul no. Smythe probably starts that game. Although he might be able to manage him. I think might be able to manage him or maybe he starts Khan a bit further forward. So Probably Big Smith. Good options. And Drynan probably in place of Little Smith. Do you know what? I actually thought um, Ruel played well. He wasn't my man of the match. I actually thought Theo Archibald was outstanding in that second half particularly from a defensive point of view and an attacking point of view. And he was in involved in a lot of what went on obviously gets the assist for the third goal Paul Smythe takes the plaudits for a 30 yarder like he should do Rolf will take more plaudits for getting 4 and 5 I actually think Theo the assist I think that was Theo's goal. best game in a long time for mm. Orient looked dangerous looked like he wanted it that was like the old Theo Archibald so mm. I've got to say well done to Theo Archibald there like you I think that central midfielder struggled in that one again be interesting to see what Wellings does on Tuesday Coleman and Kipriani played a lot of football in the last three games, I think they've all started. It'd be interesting now to see whether he goes for Prattley, whether he brings Riley back, whether he puts Khan in central midfield like he did yesterday when he brought him on as a substitute. A few options now to see what he'll mm. do forward. But like you, I think it was nice to see Richie get involved in the touchline, in the game, barking out orders, being a manager. For me, two games this week, he's got his subs spot on in both and you can see the players responding to his management already. And, you know, it's early days in his tenure, but... Unbeaten in his first three games, five points from nine, two away draws and a home win is a very good start given the situation he's walked into. So very happy with that and on to next week. And I must say uh, hello to Jim Adams. I haven't seen Jim in ages, so I'm at the train station with young Ryan Adams. Ryan Adams went to get a burger, missed Paul Smith's goal. I went for a toilet break. You're not going to tell me you missed that goal, are you? I missed Paul Smith's goal. You're kidding me. No, I heard. <laughs> I, was walking, I was walking back. 
Um, and I obviously in the gallery bar, the Legends Lounge, whatever they call it, all the blinds are down. Oh, I'm out the view of the pitch, and I could just hear the roar. And I, I missed it. Literally by a matter of seconds. You missed it. Ryan Alex missed it. Ed Morgan missed it. Obviously being so close well, to because outside. he goes to... <laughs> goes to oh, the some people on that ground missed it. So, yeah. Well, hello, Jim. You said you listen to the podcast every Monday morning. So here's your shout out. Hope you're having a nice Monday as you listen to this. So those are our views. Again, yeah. lots of tweets. Loads. Lots of happy tweets came into us. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people saying a lot of the same thing, though. So there's a lot of, lot of similar thought process. So... Uh, just because we read them out, it doesn't mean that we agree with them. And Orient Meat Pie kicks off this one. It says, loved it. Positive and played on the front foot, especially in the second half. The wonder strike from Smythe was huge as we were going nowhere at that point. Then Ruel lifted the pressure. But credit to Wellens, kept pressing and never let them settle. Good tweet there, Andy. Daniel underscore D44 said, so glad we finally won a game. But part of me is a bit annoyed I couldn't make it to the match and have still not seen us win for almost four months. That should give us loads of confidence. Three more wins. And we should be safe. And the next three matches are all against teams around us. SR Barber, 1986. A very good second half. Central midfield is our weakness and probably why we are in the bottom half. Hopefully Smythe is okay. He's a game changer. And hopefully Coleman improves over time. Yeah, Phil VZ1 made a really good point. Said, really pleasing week. We've won four points from losing positions. I just right. find a forest call about that. Obviously one nil down at both games. And got, got a draw out of uh, that one. Yeah. So... Got a draw uh, out on Tuesday from 1-0 down and got a win from Saturday at 1-0 down. So yeah, good point there. Well made, Phil. Yeah, Trouser Techno said three points that we probably didn't deserve, but maybe we have a good manager and a lucky manager in Richie Wellens. Perhaps getting a win after so long will help confidence. Looked a lot better with Prattley and Khan in the middle. Better movement, more options, but overall simply pleased with it. And that could be a di- an interesting dynamic for Tuesday night with, with Khan and Prattley as the two. Absolutely, yeah. Can't so, yeah. go forwards. Yeah, yeah, really. Well, he's got he's got a few options now. Popular, thirty two said Prattley was the experienced head that was needed in the second half. Lots of work to be done, but some good play going forward. Yeah, Richie J. Bourne said all credit coming back from one down, but it was the Paul Smith strike that uh, that made it happen and gave the team that big confidence boost. Or it could have been a different story. Prattley surely needs to start over Hector. We still need the points. Paul Skinner, 88, said five minutes of great football and we fell behind. The 45 minutes of appalling football followed. Somehow, we woke up and what followed was great to watch. If Richie can get them playing like that consistently, it will be amazing. John W, 999, said much better display in the second half after Smythe strike pulled us level. Midfield looked better once Khan and Prattley came on. Satiriu, sorry, proving just what a fabulous, instinctive goal scorer he is now. He's getting a run again. Spot on. Wellens getting us playing again. Yeah, Peter Foreman till said I really like Richie Wellens for the remainder of the season. We'll win a few, draw quite a few, and we'll lose a few. But the coaching wise, we're in good hands. Chef Kent one said we needed that. I thought we were poor in the first half, except for Smythe's goal. Second half was the complete opposite. Plenty of positives from the second half, but there's still plenty to work on. Bring on the next game. Yeah, David Danu said Wellens getting the likes of Satiri to their best will be the catalyst of saving ourselves onwards and upwards and rocking all over the world. It is a great point. That's a great, really good point is made there about getting being the catalyst to, to help push on. Uh, Son of a Mitch, 48, said buzzing with that win. The best part for me is we didn't let our heads drop after going 1-0 down so early on. We fought back and got the win that we deserved. Yeah, good point. Pandemonium, 1881. So in truth, it wasn't a great game. It's another small step forward under Richie. 
who has helped steady the ship, continuing on from Harold, and we can breathe a sigh of relief. Second half was more positive, and we deserve to win, but we still have a way to go to challenge at this level. We're interested to see which Richie develop an attacking front foot team. But for now, it's great to see a victory. Nice look at the table and breathe a sigh of relief onwards and upwards from here. Spot on, Mr. Roper. LOFC underscore Ed said, Woohoo, at last a win. However, that first half was shambolic. After the last two credible performances, the players produced rubbish. Second half was much more like it. First to every ball, worked hard, looked threatening, and Ruel once again had a stonker. Man of the match again. Yeah, well played. Orient fan TV. It's great to get a win after all this time. We could see how much that meant to the players. Confidence would have been boosted. And what I also liked about today was Wellington telling the fans in the Western to calm down and be quiet when moaning as it's affecting the players' confidence. Well done, O's. Fair, fair play. Yeah, absolutely. Fair play. I can imagine getting on the players' backs isn't particularly helpful. Well, I can't imagine. I know that's not yeah, going to be helpful. If yeah. someone's berating you, you're going to be scared, especially when you've got over 4,000 of your own fans. Your it's, own difficult fans. If, it's different if you're away at Forest Green with 179 fans there versus 4,000... 300 and whatever fans are at home um, so I get that and, and he is right Richie is right to be fair but it's just like he said in his post-match it's just that combination of 15 games where we've seen yeah, poor of course. football Ian Hutchinson 08 said the first half was woeful except the piece of brilliance from Paul Smythe second half was better but still not great looked like the confidence is slowly on its way back and feel we need to take more risks when attacking Glad Harry Smith got his goal today and some in my opinion unjust, criti- unjust criticism Forgot what rocking all over the world sounded like. Still a tune. Yeah, absolutely, still a tune. Stassi, Stassi. said, over the moon with a win. If I was a Rochdale fan, I'd be disappointed to get nothing from the game as they dominated until Smith's tremendous equaliser and they missed a couple of decent opportunities in the second half. Clearly, lots of work for Wellings to do with the squad. I actually, it's funny you should say that, I was walking back to the station behind two Rochdale fans who were both a bit gobsmacked by that, who said like... Until they scored that goal, like we were like in control of it. They were literally like having their own mini podcast behind me, like talking about the game, and they were like, "We were, like, we don't know, we lost it so convincingly because at one nil, they were the team who were pressing for the mm. second. And it was interesting actually. I again, I watched Robbie Stockdale's post match interview because it came up as a suggestion, and he was honest. He would second half, we didn't do enough. He was like, we just got That's bamboozled, right. but in the first half, we had done enough to be outside until their player scores an, an amazing goal. So, interesting interview. Fair actually. assessment as yeah. well. Um, Casey Adams, LOSC, said, the fact he changed things up when it wasn't working speaks volume. That was Jacket's biggest fault. He didn't change it. Onwards and upwards from here. Yeah, good point. Rayleigh Davis, it could have been three or four down by half-time, but could have scored five ourselves. And the second, like the style Richie is trying to impose, but not sure some of our players are ready for that. Satiru and Smythe were a different class, and it's great to see fast-flowing, exciting football again. Wilco 300 said, players keeping the ball and trying to get it forward is something we haven't seen for a while. Moving in the right direction and great to see Smith get on the score sheet gets way too much stick for me. A few people have said that now mm. in their tweets about Smith getting stick. This is an interesting tweet from Joe Jessner 16 said, this is Kiprianu's stats compared to the rest of the team today. Despite only playing 70 minutes in passing, he was fourth. Only to defenders, pass accuracy, he was top as a percentage. Key passes, he was second. Assists, he was joint first. Tackles, he was joint second. Finished his tweet by saying, time to get off Hector's back for a few games, maybe. Fair yeah, point. Absolutely. Frank Beavis said, not getting carried away after the overall performance, but scoring goals is the most important thing. League table looks more comfortable with very winnable games coming up onto next season. Up the O's. Our president said, once again, a more positive performance since Kenny's departure, but one thing never changes. 
Defenders switching off in the first 15 minutes. Why does it take a goal to galvanise this team? But the team fought back for a deserved win and Smythe was different class. Chris Cow too. Poor 25 minutes, but after Paul Smythe's screamer, we saw glimpses of what Richie Wellens' side will look like. Three goals, three strikers scoring. Our first winner, 2022, moving away from the relegation places and a plus eight goal difference. What's not to like? Yeah, that could have easily been the final word. In the penultimate tweet of this podcast, Lennon 4 said, could barely string a pass together until Smythe's worldie. Wellens tearing into them at half-time also worked wonders and we're definitely starting to look more confident. Also, isn't it nice to actually play football and not that long ball rubbish? Yeah, final word of this week goes to our friend Dear Stu, who said, fantastic second half performance. Sensed in the first half, a lot of nervousness as we are at home and more pressure to perform and get a result. Ruel, Theo and Wood take a bow. Outstanding. And dare I say it, the experience of Prattley calmed us down. Well done, Richie Welling. So those were all tweets that came into us at Orient Outlook. So thanks to everyone who has sent us tweets this week. Let us know if you agree or disagree with any of them. You can tweet us by tweeting us at Orient Outlook or you can email us by emailing orientoutlook at outlook.com. We are also on Facebook, just the Orient Outlook podcast. And you can also find us on Instagram at Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast absolutely so the carol langley florist prediction league update now so well done uh, to poplar 32 furlong lofc safe hand 00, zero orient meat pie evilist mick uh, derby 507 and paul we underscore uk who all correctly predicted quite wildly 3-1 to the orient uh, son of a Mitch, Alex LOFC and our um, social media sponsor Charlie Paul underscore Paul. Extra special kudos to you as you correctly predicted 3-1 and two scorers. I mean, blimey, if you've got the lottery numbers, let me know. Five points to you guys. So that means the top of the prediction league now stands as 23 points for Wadsey. At the top on his own, but Leighton Ori is one point behind on 22 points. Dan Alton is third in uh, this league with 19 points. And 18 points is Jason Kilby, six, and Nino underscore Barone. So thanks to everyone yeah. for your predictions. Getting tight at the top. Ten games left, so a lot of points to be played for. Absolutely. So make sure you get your predictions in. So moving on in to Sunday, the 20th of March. And our position for next week today, Barrow parted company with their manager. Opposition, yeah. Mark Cooper, so... I don't really care about Mark Cooper, if I'm honest. Never like to see someone lose their job, but if anyone was, I'd be quite happy it was him. So yeah, Barrow Party Company with Mark Cooper. The ladies were in action this afternoon. They were at home to Impact FC. And Leanne Bates' 10th minute goal ensured the O's ladies had a half-time lead. They then scored two second-half goals, one from Lillian Almeida in the 69th, and Leanne Bates got a brace, uh, her brace, in the 82nd minute, which ensured the ladies made it five wins on the bounce, winning the match comfortably 3-0, staying top yes. of their league. Well done, ladies. So an hour, 14 minutes and 39 seconds. Let's wrap up this bad boy, and we'll start with a fantasy football update. Jack Merritt is top of our Orient Outlook podcast, Fantasy Football League. He's got 2,127 wow. points. He's ahead of Dan S. Hall, who's oh, in second one. place on 2,014 points. I'm in 176th place out of 315 players. But there's only four Premier League games this week, so still lots of points to be made yeah, in F- that Fantasy Football FA League. Cup action, wasn't it? Absolutely. Um, so we've got positives and... 
Actually, no negatives this week, so we're just going to overwhelm you with the positivity. So I'll kick off with our first win of 2022 for the year for the club and Richie Richie Wellens' first win. Great point away at league leaders Forest Green uh, in the week. And Paul Smythe's got his first league goal for us. Yeah, so following on from those three positives, we've got more. Real Saturius form, so four goals in five games for Real, which is fantastic to see. This week, we've moved up two places in the league, jumped from 20th to 18th, which is fantastic. Our goal difference has gone from plus six to plus eight, which is basically worth another point, given where we are. And our last positive was the youth result from yesterday, 4-0 away to Swindon, and the ladies result from today, 3-0 home to Impact FC. So, Brilliant. some amazing stuff. And like Paul said, I think for the first time in years, I would say, we actually can't find any negatives. I think if you've been picky, you could probably find one or one two, or two in terms of the Callum Riley situation yeah. and the central midfield performances. But however, this is a positive podcast. There are no official negatives from the Outlook podcast boys this week. So there was a vote this week for Hero of the Week. And Hero of the Week this season is sponsored by the Carol Langley Florists in Chingford. So we took this one to Twitter. We nominated the following three players. Theo Archibald, Paul Smythe, and Ruel Satoru. And after 227 votes in 24 hours, the winner with 66% is... It's Mr. Ruel Satoru. So well done, Ruel. Well deserved. Two goals in a week this week. Some vital goals scored and some great form. So well done, Mr. Satoru. So next week's fixtures in continues with the Tuesday-Saturday routines. We play our rearranged game at Harrogate on Tuesday the 22nd of March. Harrogate are two places and four points above us in League 2. They drew one all with Walsall yesterday. They scored a last-minute goal in Harrogate. Last-minute header to stop Connor Wilkinson, who's starting to hit form now for Walsall into double figures this Shot. season. So their last five games in, Harrogate having a bit of a struggle at the moment. They've drawn two and lost three of their last five games. So good, good time to play them. Good time to play them and it was a good time to play Forest Green as well because yeah. they were having a wobble as well. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. After that then we host Barrow at home on Saturday the 26th of March. Barrow currently below us in 21st position on 37 points. Currently managerless as we speak. They lost 2-1 at home to Carlisle in the Cumbria derby yesterday. In their last five they've won one Drawn two, lost two. They've got Ollie Banks, who's a good player. Just watch Ollie Banks, I think. And Rooney's brother plays for them. He's They got him in the January transfer window. He's done all right since he's gone there. So they've still got a few danger plays, but that's one fish you look at. And you go, actually, I'd expect the O's to do that. And obviously, home, big crowd, football for fiver, big crowd, retro day, own us, that, lots yeah. of celebrations going on. Day after my birthday, everyone's going to be having it. What can you say? It's going to be a day celebration at Brisbane Road. I can't wait. Sponsorship reminder, so don't forget, for the best plastering and rendering prices around, visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or at Big Ads with a Z, LOFC on Twitter for all your plastering and rendering needs. That is it. Thank you very much for listening to episode 278. Yes, and what a difference a week makes as new head coach Richie Wendens' reign has so far yielded two draws and our first win of 2022 and still lots to be done, as Richie said as much, but we are off to a very good start under him and the fixtures keep coming thick and fast as we have two tough games coming up this week. But with the new manager bounce or head coach bounce, we're hopeful We'll be talking about two good performances where more points will be picked up by this time next week. So if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe, give our podcast a five-star rating and review. I don't think we've got any this week, so we're still stuck on 94 iTunes reviews. So come on, let's get to that 100 by the time the season ends. You can also now rate the show 
on Spotify. We've had an awful lot of ratings on Spotify, five stars as well, which has been great to see. We're currently sitting on 24, which jumped from 17 last week to 24 this week. So if you listen on Spotify, go and rate the show. Five stars would be beautiful. We're also on All Smart Speakers. We're also on Fan Hub, which is brilliant. So listening to the podcast has got even easier. And if you have an older relative, a loved one, or an Orient chummy you think will like the podcast, grab their phone, download it for them, and pass the pod. So we'll be back with episode yeah. 279 next, next week. week. We're getting closer to that 300. I can't believe it. We've got all the information, all the news, <laughs> all the views that you could ever need. So please have a good week. And as always, keep calm, stay safe, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.